Alrighty, I think old Nostradamus lives around here somewhere. Number 74, here we go. Alright, I'll just knock on the door. Yeah, come in. Oh, hey, um, are you Nostradamus? No, no, he lives a couple of towns over. I'm Donstradamus. Oh, do you predict the future there? Yeah, I'll give it a crack. What, <laughs> what do you want to know about? Um, that's a little, little podcast with my brother Don. Just, um, mm. you know, the What's That About podcast. Just wondering, yeah. what does the future hold for it? Well, the future looks bright for Don. Uh, he's just a really bit of a go-getter, bit of a young scallywag, a uh, good-looking fella. Just an all-around great guy. Um, and me? Uh, nah, just shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don, another bloody episode. We can't be stopped. We are on fire. Not in terms of quality, but in terms of quantity. Because oh. I think quantity is better than quality a lot of the time. Quantity is way underrated. We are just yeah. like a factory pumping out really bad products, but a lot of them. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Why are we making so many episodes suddenly? I know, we've got the buzz. We've got the podcast fever. We need to, uh, we need to take some medicine or something. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything is funny. Uh, that's, that's fine. Yeah, anyway, uh, even Jordan missed a shot. That's all right. That's yeah. A- <laughs> um, what's happened this week? Any anything of note? Nah. The only weird thing that happened to me, which is really not of note, well, two things happened. One is I just had this weird moment. You know when like technology, you have those moments where you're like, really, in 2022, this is still an issue. Is then I went to the toilet. And then I was trying to wash my hands. Those automatic taps work like 10% of the time. Oh, Have you yeah. done that? Yes. Every time I go to a public toilet, it's like a, I mean, a Charlie Chaplin silent comedy. <laughs> my hands are there doing the motion of doing the water. Nothing happens. I then take them away and then the water starts going. <laughs> Every single time. I put the soap on my hands. Nine times out of 10, the water doesn't work and I'm leaving with soap all over my hands. In the, <laughs> like... It's so true. It's the just do- a comedy of errors. It's just ridiculous. It's like <laughs> the tap guy is behind just turning it on when your hands aren't there. It's just, it's just ridiculous. That's my experience exactly. All of that. Oh. And then just as you're exiting and the door's about to close, you hear this. Yeah. Yeah. It's classic Chaplin territory. That was one thing that happened. The other thing that happened was... Now, I received a text. Now, you remember uh, a couple of episodes ago, we did a social etiquette on when it's okay to take a phone off and put, put yours back on, depending on the, the, the charge rate of each one. I received a yeah. text message from your wife. Who right. said, Don, Luke's phone was charging at 71% and mine was 1% and he got the shits when I unplugged his phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I went, Right. I think my my first response was divorce that man, <laughs> and how many? I did five exclamation marks. I really wanted to get to a hundred, and I couldn't be stopped. One percent, one percent. My rebuttal was your phone is in the next room, because then no. I I really had to get to a hundred percent because I had very important things to do. I, uh, I once your phone gets to one percent, fight or flight kicks in, and you'll just charge it any way you can. 
the uh, speaking of fight or flight kicking in, I had a moment this week. You know when someone's talking and you're not you're, you're listening, but you're not giving it a hundred percent attention. Yeah, I'm, I'm not experiencing that right at this moment at all. Uh, <laughs> now I'm very, 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 very familiar with that. Yep. <laughs> but then after they they might lose their train of thought and say, "Oh, what was I saying again?" And the second yeah. they say, "What were they saying again?" Your fight or flight kicks in, and you're like, "Whoa!" Hey. It's like a yeah. It's like <laughs> a surprise true. pop quiz that you weren't able to yeah. study for. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Bloody hell! I'm on the spot. I know. The and what yeah, are you doing that? I end up, if I don't know the answer, I will just start listing everything they've ever said or that I know about them. We're going, okay, so you were wearing uh, blue pants when you got here. I'm just like trying to say anything that <laughs> proves on, I was acknowledging them. <laughs> but what situation are you in where they change pants halfway through? That, That's <laughs> that You're wearing the- blue pants when you got here. For some reason, you've changed into green pants. <laughs> it was the worst possible example I could have given. I'm not sure what yeah, I was that- even saying. <laughs> Like a swingers party, <laughs> you yeah. don't know what I get up to outside of the pod. <laughs> nah, no judgment. No, good for you. It's good. All right. Well, we do have one new review for this week. Let's Don. Let's open the room with a review. Gee, we really need some WD forty. That's a creaky door. That's a, a massive door as well. How long has it taken to open? And we're still going. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Anyway, okay, we're done. Alrighty. Room with a review. Uh, a fantastic review this week. Uh, we better hand it over to Mum. Thanks, Luke and Don. This week we have only one review. It's called Simply the Best and gives you five stars. It's from Nick Coop from the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. No other podcast says penis more than you guys. A long-time huge fan, and I've even got a mug to prove it. You should do an episode on Luke's middle name. I hope your mum doesn't have to read this out and say penis. <laughs> Definitely five stars, although really only counts for half of that as we are related. Nick, back to you in the studio. Very well played there, Nick. That is my brother-in-law who has taken this to a whole new level. What can we get mum to say when reading out the reviews? That's the new game, surely. But thank you, Nick. Great review. And uh, if you want to feature in Room of the Review, you want to hear mum say something very un-mum-like, uh, drop us a review. Yeah, but don't make it too awkward. Yeah. It'll be awkward for me because I'm in the room when she's, when she's reading it. And just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. I don't even think we've mentioned the name of this topic as yet, but I guess it's, it's on the name of the, uh, the file of the podcast. Nostradamus. Yeah, Nostradamus. This is a, a What's He About, which we haven't done. I think we've only done two or three in the entire time we've been doing the podcast. Uh, and Nostradamus has finally been given the nod. Yes. So. He, he probably knew it was coming, but we've had... Oh, he knew. He knew. Elon Musk, we had Donald Trump, we had Kim Jong-un or Il, which That's one right. it was. Um, yeah. any, three, I think. I think just three. three. So number four... Nostradamus. Yeah, which is great. Now, first of all, single word name, which is always good. Oh, it's big. Madonna, Nostradamus. Anyone else? Beyonce. But yeah, Queen oh, B. We need to get some female what she about happening. This is... Yeah, we really do, actually. This is very poor. Four, four men, no women. We've got to lift the game there. Yeah, that's true. All right, um, next one's going to be what, what's she about? What's she about? All righty. 
And, okay, well, hit us with a Don's definition of who is Nostradamus. All right, so Nostradamus was born... Now, he's a, he's a French guy, and a lot of the words... I don't know whether to say it as an Australian or whether to actually try and, you know, bust out a... As in you in the last episode. <laughs> macabre. Macabre. <laughs> macabre. Can you pl- can you please do it in your French accent, the one that I, uh, <laughs> the one that I really like? Okay, so Michel de Nostradam uh, was born in 1503, died in July 1566. He actually Latinized his name when he was um, an author to Nostradamus, which was kind of what was done at the time. He's a French astrologer, a physician, a reputed seer. He's best known for his book, The Prophecies which is a collection of 942 poetic quatrains, which allegedly predict future events. And a quatrain, which I had to look up, is like a four-verse um, poem. Beautiful. Wouldn't it be... Because I sometimes call you the D-Train. If you released a poetry book called D-Trains Quatrains, that would yeah. be special. That would be very special. That would special. be good. <laughs> um, yes, it would. It'd be special for me and maybe you. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is really going to be interested in D-Trains, Quatrains. <laughs> um, you never know. But yeah, you mentioned he died in 1566. I think he died of both gout and he had arthritis for many years as well. Yeah. I, I don't reckon I read an article that didn't somehow say Nostradamus didn't foresee that all that alcohol would lead to his gout causing his death. I'm like, if you're a fortune teller, you really put yourself up for ridicule about not predicting oh, yeah. things in your life. Every possible <laughs> single thing. Um, have you, did you, when you were doing your research, did you see a picture of him? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. You got a lookalike? No, he's just not a good looking dude. Ah, no. Like, not at <laughs> all. And I just, it just occurred to me, looking at all these old paintings and even old photographs from the 1800s, it's just not that good looking. Nah. Like, we're getting, I think we're, we're, we're getting better looking for sure. I think we're definitely getting better looking. Yes. The only, there was one, though, and this, we'll probably come to this later, but one of the early predictions that Nostradamus made was about the death of King Henry II. Yeah. And have you seen a photo of him? He looks exactly like the dad from Family Ties. <laughs> really? It's incredible. <laughs> Is it the hair? He had the, it's bit, the so slightly it's, longer it's hair. It's the beard. It's the long head with yeah. the big nose <laughs> and the thinning hair on top. It's great. A- the d- that's a great show. Oh, such a great show. <laughs> Love it. Sit, ubu, sit. Good dog. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so, as you say, yeah, he's, he was apparently predicted a lot of things from assassination of JF, JFK to the uh, atomic bomb on Hiroshima, the rise of Hitler and, and Nazi Germany, and deaths of, yeah. of kings. So, this is, it was retrospectively kind of. The big events happened, then they would look at the prophecies and see if there was anything that predicted it. Yeah. So retrospectively, retrofitted, you could say. Yeah, exactly right. So let's just let's just crack into his childhood. So he was born in Saint Remy de Provence, which is in France, one of nine kids. <whistles> that's that's some randy parents. They nine were kids. They were loving it. They were absolutely <laughs> loving it. He went to university at age fourteen to study logic, grammar, and rhetoric. Which that sounds a bit like Harry Potter. Like if he wasn't <laughs> studying defense against the dark arts. <laughs> yeah, weird rhetoric. Anyway, went there at fourteen, and then he had to leave uni because of an outbreak of the plague. Mm. Which the plague is really—it was a hell of a time for the plague, the fifteen oh, hundreds. It, it, <laughs> it, it makes coronavirus look like a like a sniffle. 
the, the plague was yeah, born. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, he then, this is what it says. He then travelled the countryside for eight years researching herbal remedies, which he was a stoner. Oh, is what that means. Big time. <laughs> yeah, I met a few Australians in Thailand uh, researching <laughs> herbal remedies. It was <laughs> probably for longer than eight years as well. <laughs> Apparently that was always part of the one of the elements of his his prophecies was getting a little have a little bit of hallucinogen in his system <laughs> and then making these predictions. It was actually what he used to do. Is that right? Yeah, I actually didn't true. read that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he then went back to uni to study medicine and he got expelled for having been an apothecary, which is kind of like a bit of a backyard doctor type situation. Yeah. Apparently he set up a shop front, which was like a pharmacy of those times, but it was a little bit. Um, yeah, out of the mainstream, I think. And what's kind of cool is the that document of his expulsion is it's still in the library today. They've got a copy of him oh, getting wow. expelled, which is really cool. That's awesome. Uh, he got married in nine. Sorry, he got married in fifteen thirty one. Had two kids, and uh, his wife and kids died three years later from the plague. From the plague again. Yeah, it was from the bloody plague. Well, this is where things get really interesting because once they died. I think he then went on like a 10-year tour of Europe where mm. he was learning about astrology and past events. And this is kind of in the wake of his grief, he started his process of coming up with prophecies and predictions. So from a psychological perspective, that's very interesting that, you know, what meaning was he trying to make from a, a personal tragedy about, you know, there's this, this theory that if you can predict the future, that if the future is inevitable it can be reassuring and calming that you couldn't have done anything to stop it and and maybe psychologically there's something going on there with the trauma that he went through with his his death of his wife and children that's interesting that didn't actually occur to me but that makes a lot of sense (laughs) so that was that was pretty much after that 10-year walk around europe he released the book you mentioned the prophecies which is all of those quant what are they called quantrains what are they called quatrains quatrains a thousand quatrains yeah, so he was actually, he was writing at least a book a year for the last, like, 15 years of his life. But the most popular and pretty much the only one that's still around is is those, the prophecies. Yes, and he was very lucky in that just as he released that book, there was the invention of the modern printing press. So before that point, people would just write a pamphlet and pass it around the village square or word of mouth. But he was one of the first authors that benefited from distribution of hard copy books that could go far and wide. So his fame and the success of that book went through the roof, mainly you know because of good timing. Yeah, and it's interesting. So they are really vague kind of, if you read them, which we'll read them later, they're very vague um, in terms of how they've sort of presented. And apparently he obscured their meaning because he felt he was vulnerable to opposition based on like religious grounds because the occult and things was a bit on the nose. Yes. Um, that's so he the... made them kind of vague on purpose so people didn't really know what he was talking about. Yes. What a great cop-out. He's like, yeah. I, if I actually am you know, precise and clear in my predictions, people will think I'm practicing witchcraft and they'll kill me. That's what he said to his son. So he's intentionally made them vague so that he won't get accused of witchcraft. But like, what a great cop-out. It's like you and me saying... Oh, yeah, we'd make the podcast better, but fame isn't good for people, so we're just going to make it mediocre. Not for us. Yeah. No, no good. No, exactly right. It's very much like you're reading an astrology chart or something, just really vague statements that can be, you know, you can interpret in nearly any situation. Yeah, like you are 
you love the company of good friends, but you like being by yourself sometimes too. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and that's and that vagueness is probably why it's still quoted now because after a big event or a big disaster, people will go back, attribute one of his predictions as, you know, him actually doing it. Yeah, exactly right. His his big breakthrough prediction though was the Queen of France, who off the top of my head I think was at the time Catherine de Medici, I think was who was that one. <laughs> um and he predicted she thought that he predicted the death of her husband, the guy that looks like the dad from Family Ties. Um yeah. King Henry the Second. Um, predicted his death kind of three years before it happened in a in a particular kind of jousting incident. Did you know that his Nostradamus' real full name is Nostradamus P. Keaton? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How much did Alex and his P. Sister, Keaton? <laughs> Mallory Adamus as well. So. Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> How much did Alex P. Keaton love money? He loved money. He loved it. <laughs> The old greenback Loved it That was true The old old Nasdaq Whatever that is He loved the Dow Jones What a very very quick side note We we just have a a chat Before we got on air About is there an actor In the world That's better At Rushing Because they're late For something Than Michael J Fox When he's Any movie when he's younger He's sliding over Car bonnets His skateboard's going Under the car While he's running over the top And then jumping back on it He's He's good And tell you what When he leaves a room He doesn't Never forgets his jacket (laughs) He grabs his jacket (laughs) He's he's out the door It takes him the length Of his entire street To get his jacket fully on It is It's it's fantastic Back on to uh, Back on to Nostradamus (laughs) P. Keaton Yep Makes his prediction. The Queen's like, "Wow, you predicted the death of my husband," and then he becomes famous in the 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 part of France where the um, royalty were living, and that kind of then just ballooned his his fame from that point on. So let's talk about some of his predictions then. So I'm going to read uh, one of the predictions about maybe Hitler. Before you read it, when any time I heard anyone do one of uh, Nostradamus's predictions, like if I'm watching it on YouTube or something. They always gave him this big, foreboding, godlike voice, where yep. I was like, "Do the heavens be thee?" or whatever. Yeah, I reckon likelihood it would have been much more of a, just a normal, normal man's voice, just be like, "Oh, yeah, I reckon that's probably going to happen one day." Like, I reckon it'll be that. That will be the. <laughs> Is that your example of a normal voice? <laughs> <laughs> you you do a normal voice then. All right. Ah, uh, you know, just the uh, <laughs> just from the uh, the depths of uh, west of Europe, the young child be born of poor people, and uh, he who by his time will seduce a great troop, his fame will increase towards the realm of the east. You know, uh, that's. I just sounded like Cliff from Cheers, <laughs> Cliffy Clavin. Yeah. Uh, Normie on a bit. Yeah. <laughs> That was actually a very good uh, average bloke. That's that's yeah. you doing any tradesman though. Oh, I got a match. You got any uh, conk out the back, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so what's your example of a of a prediction? Well, that was well, that was that the was actually the prediction. Then, thought, that was a prediction. I so you're just says, riffing. Oh, you're amazing. No, <laughs> no. It says from the depths of the west of Europe. So yes, he did come from the west of Europe. He was born in Austria. A young child will be born of poor people. Apparently, his parents were middle. Um, middle class So that's wrong He who by his tongue Will seduce a great troop You know I guess it could be argued That he was a good speaker His fame will increase Towards the realm of the east So that's 
that's meant to be about Hitler, but it's pretty vague. And then he says, there's another one. Beasts ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers. The greater part of the battlefield will be against Hister, H-I-S-T-E-R, which a lot of people think is a misspelling of Hitler. But people that know what they're talking about know that it's another name for one of the local rivers. I read a little bit about that. The because bizarrely, there's a whole bunch of people who really believe in Nostradamus being yeah. amazing and accurate, and they have these back and forths about that example with Hister, where skeptics are like, "Oh, that's a geographical region near the Danube River. It doesn't mean mm. Hitler." And then other people are like, "Yeah, but Hitler was born near the Danube River, so it does mean that." And they just go, mm. they go back and forth forever, but it is just so vague. Like that, when you read it, I'm reading it like in front of me right now. That is a weak prediction. That is so incredibly vague. It's yeah, silly. And, that, and I think it's one of his better ones. Yes, that, that's one that's often brought up. Hitler himself used to go around saying Nostradamus predicted our rise. We, you know, this is fate. You need to get behind us and support us. So as part of his propaganda, he was quoting these silly little contraints from Nostradamus. And mm. he used to print them on flies and drop them from planes into different areas to get them to kind of get on board with the cause or clear out of the way. Right. Bloody Hitler. Bloody, bloody Hister. <laughs> Another one. This is the, um, this is about the atomic bombs creation. Mm. So near the gates, hang on. Well, can I do it in your voice? Yeah, go on. Uh, near the gates, uh, within two cities, there will be two scourges, the likes of which we have never seen. Famine with plague, people put out by steel, crying to the great immortal God for relief. That was more Kermit the Frog. Little <laughs> Kermit in there, a little bit Kermit. <laughs> so I've read that about ten times. I cannot mm. see, you know. I think what he does is he goes, "Go, okay, what historically are the things that repeat? There are wars, there are famines, there are evil leaders. I'm going yeah. to make vague references to those, knowing that that will keep repeating, and then everyone will think I'm a genius." Famine within plague, people put out by steel. So I guess they're saying it's coming down out of steel is like out of a plane. Famine within plague. I don't know what that means. No idea what he's talking about. The The thing that's really interesting, though, is you've got to be careful for this when you're researching Nostradamus, is people now make up predictions. They write them in a Nostradamus-y kind of way, but they, mm. they give it a little bit more specificity. So with the um, 9-11... Um, Twin Towers terrorist attack. Yeah. Apparently, in the wake of that, very soon, emails were going around saying, unbelievable, Nostradamus predicted this. And they had this made-up little quatrain, which was two metal birds will crash into the two brothers. And they kind of, they made it right. vaguely yeah. like Nostradamus, but clear enough that you knew what they were saying. A bit, a bit more. Yeah, a bit more. Sort of aimed at that situation, yeah. And it, it went, went completely viral to the point that the most Googled thing after 9-11 was, did Nostradamus predict this, was right. one of them. And then people looked in, skeptics looked into it, and it was just completely fabricated. And and people do it all the time. It's kind of internet hoaxers. Yeah. So, yeah, even when you read some things, you're like, did he actually say that or is this just made up? Yeah. So, basically, long story short, uh, we reckon it's all rubbish. <laughs> think that's fair to say? Oh, absolutely. So, the, I think yeah. the points we've hit on is very vague. You can interpret... Yeah. It's basically like an... Ast- what are those things called? Horoscopes. Yeah, it's basically like a horoscope. Very vague. Interpret it however you want. And I'm sure it's done by design. Yeah, and absolutely. For that reason, yeah. With, with, you know, very, very loose references to things that do repeat themselves over time in history. Um, the people that believe in it only pay attention to 
the bits of it that they can make sense of. They ignore the rest. You know, if you were randomly, like if we were to sit here and make up one now, you know, you made up a thousand of them just through random chance. One or two of them might be vaguely accurate, even if they were even more kind of specific than he was writing them. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of things. And even there was only one time he did get specific. I think he predicted the world would end in 1999. And it, of course it didn't. So anytime, oh, he right. did, anytime he did get specific, it was falsified very clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. Remember Y2K was a really big oh, thing was massive. as well? I think Nostradamus... We should do a What's That About first. on Y2K. Yeah, that would be good, actually. Yeah. I think Nost... Nost old, uh, the Dam, the Nostradamus. Nossi D. Nossi D. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <laughs> I was working my way around his name, trying to get there in that Nossi D. That's the way. <laughs> Nossi D. <laughs> Uh, it was the first, I think, to predict it in 1999, and then mm. I think people got on board a bit later. But yeah, right. I did. Did you do any any? Um, hang on. Do you have anything else to say about Nostradamus? No. <laughs> you've screwed. You've had screw that guy. It. You've had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Alrighty. Uh. Do we have a quick social etiquette? Let's give it a go. Alrighty. If you've got a social problem that makes you want to run and hide, then we recommend you listen to Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide, if you want. All right, Don, the mic is yours. Take it away. Well, it just occurred to me the other day um, that some people have smelly feet. You know, it's pretty common to have, have a bit of stink on the feet. Other people, not... Not other people, no, not other people. Well, I actually took my shoes off the other day and it smelled like a nice pot puree, which um, <laughs> was lovely. But what do you do in that situation? One, if you've got smelly shoes, which I, I don't actually generally have smelly feet, but I did have these work shoes which didn't breathe very well and I'm on my feet all day at work mm. and they started getting a bit of stink about it. Yep. And it was one of those shoes with like a mesh top. So it got to the point where I was paranoid mm. That I was standing in an upright position. I'm like, I think I can smell my feet. Six feet away. Six feet away. Jeez. Six feet. No, no, six five. Five foot two. Yeah. Five foot two. And I'm like, gee, I think I can smell that. And I, th- I thought I could. So it really was quite stinky. If you get in a situation where you need to take your shoes off, which isn't often, mm. but if you're going to like a yoga kind of place or anything like that, how do you handle it? Yeah. Do you... Because some people, you know, some dudes particularly, the stink is off the charts. Yeah. So there, there, there has been an occasion. If I wear my sneakers without socks on, mm. sometimes they, they do get a little whiffy. That, yeah. that happens. Best strategy I found is if you quickly just need to position your feet under a pillow, under a pillow. like the back of your calves. If you fold your legs and put them behind your calf, you need to just but have some coverage. I'm talking about you taking your shoes off, and that the shoes are the vessel. Oh, the, what do you what do you do with your shoes in that situation? Well, what do you do? Can you just like not do it? Because some people, it's like it's offensive. Jeez, you will you if it's that bad, you've really got no option. But you either need to leave them on, or take them off and throw them far away from where like, you are. <laughs> like, if you're in a room, would you throw them? Out the door. Yeah, just out the door, on top of some telephone wires outside. Just get them away. <laughs> you do a quick deal on the side. <laughs> do a quick deal. <laughs> Collect them on your way out. Like, I, I think you can't risk it is, mm. is the long and the short of it. Right. <laughs> on, a sip, on a quick side note, mm. slightly off topic. <laughs> I overheard a conversation the other day of someone saying, so when you're putting your shoes and socks on, do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? 
Fascinating. <laughs> that is fascinating. <laughs> what do you do? To be fair, it's a better question than the one you posed at the beginning that's of this. That's better. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. That's the new one. Can I pretend that's mine? <laughs> I, I thought about it for a second and I'm like, you could not possibly go sock shoe, sock shoe. Because you could get halfway through the job, get called away to do something, and you're limping around with one full sock and shoe on one leg hmm. and then a very uneven bare foot on the other. But evolution would suggest at least you're ensuring the safety of that foot. That's true, but you're sacrificing. Yeah. You are sacrificing the other foot, though. That's true. You but surely you go sock sock shoe shoe. Yeah, I'm not an animal. <laughs> sock sock shoe shoe. Who goes? Do people do sock shoe sock shoe? Have you ever? You know when you're you're thinking about stuff in the morning and you're not really keeping your mind on the job and you're getting ready. Have you ever like tried to put your shoe on your shoe without like <laughs> you get your leg up and then your shoe? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna work. <laughs> That has happened to me. Yeah, it's embarrassing. One last thing as well. Now we're just we're going away from the stinky shoe topic because it wasn't great. I do apologize. Another thing that came up once a conversation. Do you when you're having toast with peanut butter, do you put butter or margarine on the toast before applying the peanut butter? Yeah, it's a great question. I used to put butter and then peanut butter. Mm. But then I was told that's incredibly unhealthy and you can't go a double butter. So I now... Yeah, look, I think people... I, I personally, I do do the butter. I do the butter and then the peanut butter. Jeez. You're not Because it's you're, not a real butter. You're not long for this puff. People are implying... I think people get thrown by the use of the butter in peanut butter. It's in it should the, be peanut It's paste. a big clue in, in 50% of the title. Nah. <laughs> You've you got to have butter. Madness. It's not that unhealthy. Another quick one. Mm. I have this thing where and I know our dad had the same thing I'm very impressed with my own feet like I, I if I uh, give myself a self-assessment physically top to top to toe yeah not loving most of it but the feet mm-hmm. I think I've got a very nice foot but anytime I anytime I sprout that in a situation where my, my feet are exposed that's that's not the kind of feedback I'm getting do you what do you I'm, get I get they're like a let me guess, let me guess. If there's a hint of hair on there, the Hobbit reference gets pulled out very quickly. <laughs> I'm the opposite. Have you ever... I don't have a lot of hair on my feet. So I get more, they're like a lump of clay that isn't defined enough. Now, wasn't yours the Monty Python foot? You know that yeah, foot that comes exactly... down? It's like this plasticine foot. That's exactly that's your foot. what they look yes. like. Yeah, that's true. That's accurate. <laughs> Any other feet-related things? No, let's hopefully not. Let's just stop there with the feet. <laughs> Quick question though. Last last point I'll make about feet. Mm. When I had that thing at work where my I was worried my shoes were a bit on the stinky side. Well, they they were a little bit. I looked into how to get rid of the stink. Guess what I did? What was the treatment for the the shoe? Yeah, I think I've mentioned it on the pod previously. Fre- you put them in the freezer. Yeah, I put them in the freezer, yeah. and it was great for a day. Really? And then it just came back worse than ever. <laughs> There's so many yeah. little problems where the solution is put it in the freezer. Like, oh, I've got chewing gum stuck in this bit of clothing. Put it in the freezer. It has never worked. <laughs> it yeah. has never worked. It's like if you look up anything on how to do something around the house, 75% of the time, white vinegar and baking soda is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything's, put a bit of vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the cure-all. <laughs> I, would, I, would just go as, I would go as far to say that 
anytime I look up anything about how to fix a problem, whether it's a YouTube how-to video, whether it's a, a, you know, a spot I need to get out of the couch or whatever, mm. in life, nothing ever works. <laughs> Don't you reckon nothing <laughs> ever works? It's true. <laughs> Including saying that the word works. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a little bit of uh, vinegar and baking soda in your mouth, you would have been able to say that properly, I think. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, All right. that's probably enough. I think we're done. <laughs> it's not the best episode, but sorry. We should have predicted it. We didn't. Well, sorry about that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think we probably should have stopped about 25 minutes ago, but we'll yeah. we'll do it now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, don't forget to send us a review if you want to be in the room of the review. Um, yeah. And I'll, you know, Facebook, Instagram, email, or the usual spots. What's that about? At Outlook.com. Give us an email. Give us an episode suggestion. Go for it. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs>